It doesn't matter whether you're on the backfield or the front yard. On Mo Day, perfection is a game of inches. It's a battle of fence line and fierce terrain. Out there, on that grasshopper mower, you don't let anything stop your stripes. Nothing stands in the way of a job well done. For more on Mo Day and Grasshopper Mowers, visit grasshoppermower.com. Sometimes in life, you find yourself on the right side of the line. Do you think there's a little PTSD somewhere in there in the biathlon? I mean, you've got somebody wore out to their wits end, and now you're going to hand them a rifle. <laughs> Is that really a good idea? I mean, I'd be like that one girl, Carrie Strug. I mean, she made that jump with a broken ankle. I could do that. Live from Texas, this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. You hear that? It's Brent and Landon, and this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Yes, 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 ma'am. This is the Dryline Farmer Podcast, and we are excited that you're joining us again this week as we go into week one of the Big 12 Championship, even though there's only one week of it, Landon, isn't that correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're on, we're on day two. We're on day two. That's a lot better. So, uh, <laughs> Landon, um, are you a big bracket filler-outer guy? I am. I am. Are you ever very successful? I think I won our company one last year. Or no, no, I won the, we do a deal where we draw teams. That's what I won. That's what you won. Do you get like a bushel of corn or what do they give you? Yeah. Yeah. We get a, we get a free sample of Milo. (laughs) Is it mixed with wheat? (laughs) Always. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you go with what works. Well, guys, this is the Driving Power Podcast. So we got Landon Nolan uh, as my co-host, as always. Landon, so I'm guessing it's probably getting quiet time, or is there ever? Is it just always pandemonium at the local co-op? It is right now with these markets. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, got Farmers, some... the typical farmer forgets everything they've ever learned about the market when there's a when there's more than a twenty-two cent hike. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but somewhere around twenty cents, they just they just lose their minds. As far as a movement in the market, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, we're used to seeing like two or three cent moves, so right, yeah. Right. It's uh, you know, we kind of get flabbergasted with those kind of high high size numbers, but um, yeah, I know it's it's uh quite interesting. You know, basically every day is a new day, is what it seems like. You know, you've yep. got wheat up seventy five cents. They open up the limits. It's up another 70 and then the next day the limits are off and it's down like a dollar 30 and um usually you got to pay twice to get that kind of action but um (laughs) it's uh it's pretty interesting to see the uh markets and they need to have like so we don't have rfd tv on our um hulu and all that but they need i'm not on my package um you think okay there's a side note you know there's a guy out there that tattooed his balls that says package or my package, don't you figure? That's probably one that that tattooed it to say RFD TV. <laughs> That's probably true. I mean, I'm sure there's left and righties, but I've never 
that would take a lot of lettering, and the font would have to be somewhat. But you know how a scrotum is constructed. It's all wrinkled. You'd have to have one guy to stretch and then the other guy to, you know, <laughs> dip the ink <laughs> in the Maybe oil. Well. <laughs> Speaking of body parts, <laughs> I had the, um, had the old heart ablation last week. And let me tell you, that was, I guess, I guess I'll find out if it works, if I don't ever, if my heart doesn't go like Indy 500 again and get up to like 220 beats per minute. But um, the experience was something out of this world. And what's crazy about it is that this isn't even something new. Like, they didn't just invent this last year. You know, this isn't even like I, iOS 13 or whatever the current operating system is. They've been doing ablations for at least 20 years. Now, granted, the... Um, process is a whole lot more refined more whole, a whole lot more exact and um it, you know and, and more scientific but so if you don't know what ablation is ablation is landed do you want to hear about my medical issues did you sign that hipaa agreement i sent over last week <laughs> yeah i want to i want to hear about what an ablation is <laughs> okay so um ablation is and most people know what it is but they go up through your groin up through your femoral veins and with catheters and um, they go up through these veins and into your heart. And if you've got arrhythmias, so you've got all these nodes and different nerves in your heart that fire electrical signals to make your heart beat. So that's the like real basic. Um, I'll get into it here a little bit, but that's the real basic gist of it. But the absolute technology and just literal manpower that an ablation entails is unbelievable. So they get me up. They do this in Amarillo because the Hereford Vet Clinic doesn't open till 8. <laughs> so uh, they have me getting up there at my my heart group, my cardiologist group get, tells me you got to be up there at six because they're going to start you on, start on you at eight. I'm like all right, so we're forty five minutes from Amarillo. <laughs> uh, get up there, you know, six, and um, they're like, so I get checked in and they get me back there. It's like, what are you doing? You're not scheduled till one o'clock. And as we all know in hospitals. All of the mattresses are like the My Pillow commercial mattresses, right? <laughs> they are so comfortable. It's nothing like what they give prisoners in like administrative segregation, where they're throwing feces and piss on the window of their door. No, these are the these are exactly what those guys get. About a six-inch thick foam mattress that's really about two inches thick. So anyway, I kind of start out the day in a little you know sour mood. That and the fact that I had a freaking sinus headache for the last two days, and now it's probably turned into infection. So really, the ablation and all the stuff they're poking me with is kind of beside the point because when I get a sinus deal like that, I turn into the biggest puss you've ever seen because they suck something awful. But anyway, so they get an IV in both hands, and then they got to go run you off to the x-ray room. And, you know, I mean... I don't have any nurses that are tens, but you know, there's a couple that are probably high sevens, I guess. But my first gal, she was from Malaysia, and uh, no, she was a you know, she's an older gal, you know, probably my age. <laughs> but no, um, anyway, so they got to run you back there, and they do that all within like the first hour. So I've got another, and of course my wife's there with me, and I, I, so we've got like five hours to kill. We've got, so my computer guys were it keeps cutting in and out for some reason, or not cutting in and out, but. It's getting overloaded with some bullcrap task or something, and I'm sure it's anti-malware. But anyway, so as I was saying, my wife and I, we're, you know, so we've got a whole lot of time to kill because, 
you know, and of course, you know, we're not scheduled to one, so that obviously doesn't mean you're going to get in at one. So we get in at two o'clock. The doctor comes rolling in. And he's like, "We're going to do this and that, and you know, try to see what we can get done." Anyway, and his my doctor is Muhammad Ali, so right away I know I have the greatest surgeon, you know, cardiologist. I mean, it's just by default. So anyway, so he talks to me for about five minutes, and then he's like, all right, I'll see you back there. Well, I never see him back there. So they roll me back there, and, you know, if you've ever been rolled through a hospital, if you ever had a procedure, it's like a freaking uh, maze for rats. You know, they, they go, you go through, I don't know, five or six sets of double doors, make 17 turns, and they finally get you to the cath lab. And then they roll in, they, they knock the, open those doors open, and I kid you not, it's like they roll you into the space station. You have never seen this much high, I've never seen this much high-tech equipment in my life. I mean, there's monitors. I mean, probably just like regular-sized computer monitors, there's got to be at least a dozen, 15 or more. Then they've got this big freaking monitor that's probably... I don't know, it's probably a 50-inch, 60-inch flat screen that goes, like, right over my head. And then they've got... Are you sure you you weren't dead for a little bit? I could have been. Well, not yet. I'm getting to that part. (laughs) So, um, anyway, so I get in there. So, right away is the anesthesia nurse, which is a dude, so I'm already suspect. But, um, so I got... (laughs) Huh? You're already disappointed. Yeah. And then a nurse walks in and goes, don't you hate it when you pee on your hands? <laughs> so uh, I'm getting more nervous by the second. But um, anyway, so I've got that guy. So then I've got two nurses that are starting to work on me. And I don't want to hear the peeing on the hands story. <laughs> well, that's a joke. But um, all I'm awake for in this procedure room is them shave or you know clipping on me and shaving on me not even really shaving they they must have knocked me out before they did that but you go in there butt ass naked except for that gown they give you and uh, because they go up next to your johnson and they like use both lanes on your legs they use both lanes they use your right lane and the left lane and i'm pretty sure they send two catheters up each vein that goes up to your heart and i mean the incisions were probably you know an inch from my body is a wonderland so anyway, and I think they'd already done one this morning, that morning. So this obviously, like I said, was an afternoon deal and they just got, it's like shearing a goat, dude. She just got those manscaping <laughs> deals you see on the Facebook ads and they're just getting after me, dude. And I'm hairy. I got my back. So they're working on that. Then they got the, like the little sticky mittens they put on their hands to like, you know, pick it all off or whatever. And this nurse the, the one main nurse, I don't know if she's the main nurse, she's a, maybe just a beauty salon intern or whatever, but she's like, all right, we're going to we're gonna take the last bit of your dignity here. <laughs> and so they, like, bunch all the gown right down the center of my body, and she just, like, cups me <laughs> and just, like, she moves it over to one side, and, <laughs> and she just cups it again and moves it over to the other side. And, <laughs> And, I mean, you know, she's just taking every bit of warmth and insulation I've got left. Man, she manhandles that thing like it's a 10-speed transmission on a Peterbilt, dude. And, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm built like a Peterbilt, but <laughs> that's the closest analogy of alliteration I could use for uh, genitalia is Peterbilt in this situation. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. she, she manhandles this thing like she's done it before. 
So not quite a happy ending? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no happy ending in this deal. Mind you, I still have a sinus headache at this point. Anyway, so they start, they, they, you know, they, they work on you, they clip you up or whatever. Cause I mean, they almost literally cover your entire body in some type of pad sensor. And I think they put the defibrillator pads on your back. They just, they just, they're just like white, real thin pads that they stick to your back. I remember they put those on me when I had that one real bad episode. Um, I guess they, in case they had to defibrillate me, um, to, um, to get me back in rhythm. But, um, so anyway, they put those on me, they put all these EKG, uh, sensors on me. So like I said, there's the, I'm going to count them all. So the anesthesia nurse, there's at least three other gals, nurses, another dude, I guess he's a technician or a nurse, maybe one more gal standing like on the side, looking at some monitors. And then they have like the room, like the interrogation room windows with the one way mirror and I'm pretty sure that's where my cardiologist was and maybe like a manufacturer or like representative from maybe the company that makes has all the equipment. I don't know. They they kept telling me that you may have a technician in there from the manufacturer or the company or whatever. But they're behind that one-way, you know, interrogation glass. So I never see those guys. Anyway, so they're starting to – they roll me over and put me on the main table and – and then the guy puts the welding, or not the welding mask, but the uh, oxygen. He's like, all right, this is just oxygen. He wasn't just ter- terribly chatty. And then I noticed my eyes started getting a little droopy, and the next thing I know, it's 6 o'clock. And um, I'm in somewhere where I didn't start. They put me up in a regular room. But um, it took three hours. They said, like, I was already in, he said I was actually already in AFib before I even, they even started working on me. So what they do is, they put all that stuff on you, and then they they intentionally force your heart to go into an arrhythmia. And before they do that, they map it. So they go up with these catheters up your legs and up through your heart, and um, and then they start mapping. It's like this. I've, you can watch it on YouTube. Not mine, but <laughs> I, I wish they'd have filmed it. But um, so they make this big 3D map of your heart, and with I think with echo, with a EKG, or not EKGs, but echocardiograms, sonograms. Um, I don't know if they put dye in there or not or whatever, but they make this big elaborate map of your heart. And then they, from what I can understand, they make your heart, I don't know if they shock it or they give you a, a medicine or something to make your heart kick into gear. And that way they can isolate your, isolate the node or the nerve that is, firing when it's not supposed to or it's just an abnormal nerve that's not supposed to be there um that's firing and um so so you know i'm no spring chicken but i'm no old guy so i'm young for this procedure and um so there's actually a nerve on the left side of your atrium left atrium that um is somewhat typical for people my age to have when i have when you have a condition like this so he found that and burned it, and then I think he burned maybe two or three other places. But um, anyway, so that was pretty amazing. I mean, just the sheer between the equipment and the personnel it took to complete this process was, I mean, it, it was really out of this world. So fortunately, I've got some pretty badass insurance because <laughs> there's no telling what that type of thing must have cost because you've got, you know, at least – if not one cardiologist, maybe another guy, and then all the nurses and the equipment. And 
anyway, it's uh, and then so they roll me, they they wake me up. So for an hour, they got me in a recovery room. So and before they put you out, they cuff you. They put these Velcro cuffs on your arms. It's like, well, we're now we're gonna put these on you just in case you come to and you want to help out. So I'm like, all right, and then. Apparently, I got pretty. Just in case you want to, just in case you want to feel how how it feels, all shaved. That's right. Well, I find out sooner. I'm still scratching, but um, anyway, so I get in the recovery room and I don't know anything. I don't remember any of this. But they said I got pretty combative. I was got pretty unruly and trying to pull stuff off. And it took them a good long little while to um, restrain me down. Until I finally calmed down, of course, which I remember nothing. Next thing I remember is waking up in just kind of like a regular hospital room. And, and I feel like crap. And, again, it's mostly from this stupid sinus headache that I have. And um, I'll, what I'm asking for is freaking Mucinex. But she was like, all right, we're going to wait for a couple hours, and we'll probably send you on home. I'm like, there ain't no way I'm going home. I feel like ass. <laughs> and um, so, anyway, but... Two hours later, they so you have to lay flat for like four hours, four to five hours after this because obviously those are some pretty important vessels they went through and they had to, you know, cap back off and everything. So you don't want to, um, you know, start bleeding out or whatever. They, they told a story of a lady that wouldn't stay still and she ended up getting this hematoma the size of like a volleyball. Maybe not that quite big, but a small little smaller than a volleyball because she wouldn't stop moving and she ruptured it. So they had to rush her into emergency surgery to um, obviously deal with that. But um, I'm like, okay. Huh? They had to rush her into emergency surgery to dig set spike. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> but, I had one of those after I gave blood one day. I was driving home and it looked like I had a golf ball lodged in my elbow. It was great. Wow. What'd they do? You, did you run to the ER, I guess? I went straight back to the. I mean, I went. I was still in the parking lot. I went back oh. inside, and they they just wrapped it and said put some ice on it. <laughs> was Doc Morrow? Was he taking blood that day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would think. I would think it would be a little more to it than put some ice on it. And it just went down, huh? Yep. What was it? I mean, what did they call it? Like a, it hem- a hematoma. Okay. So it wasn't part of your. It wasn't your vessel, was it? Was it your vessel that was... Ex- Man, I don't know. They didn't act like it's a big deal. They were like, oh, yeah, this this, this happens. Yeah, huh. Yeah. I don't know, man. He looks pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, but... So, yeah, a couple hours later, they is like, all right, your lay-down time is over. Let's Let's get you up and see if you can pee and walk up and down the hallway, and we'll get you out of here. And I was home by 9.30 that evening, and... Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty impressive. So, like I said, all I know now is if I don't have any more um, events that I'll know it, it probably worked. And I know a lot of the times they say ablations take more than one try, but uh, mine wasn't a terribly extensive process. But it's uh, pretty impressive, to say the least. I, I recommend, if you're interested in that kind of thing, to go check it out on YouTube because it's amazing what they do. But um, anyway, so... That's um, that's this week's health minute with Dr. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we move on to our next little deal, and I don't know if it'll take long or not, but we're going to get one more word from Grasshopper Mowers. 
Now, grasshopper mowers are pretty awesome. <clears throat> I haven't gotten my complimentary one in the mail yet or anything, but we just wanted to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by grasshopper mowers. With grasshopper mowers, nothing gets in the way of hashtag Moday. That's what I should have said at my surgery. Hey, ladies, it's Mo Day. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> oh, man, I should. And when I, so when I had that deal, all I could think of was that clip of Peter Griffin <laughs> where they go to that, I don't know if it's like a trade show or the mall or something, where you can get in this hospital bed and <laughs> pretend to take a picture of yourself in the hospital. And he says, don't want to get into it, but I'm okay. And he starts getting all these likes. It's like, well, that's the last thing I wanted. <laughs> oh, God. It, but it's so true. But anyway, well, guys, we'll be back after this message from Grasshopper Mowers. Only on the Dryland Farmer Podcast. It doesn't matter whether you're on the backfield or the front yard. On Mo Day, perfection is a game of inches. It's a battle of fence line and fierce terrain. Out there, on that grasshopper mower, you don't let anything stop your stripes. Nothing stands in the way of a job well done. For more on Mo Day and Grasshopper Mowers, visit grasshoppermower.com. Dude, we got to get on the Grasshopper and the FMC Media Guys um, like special effects list because, God, their stuff sounds good. It's oh, I know. Just, it's just so high quality. Well, um, <laughs> well, guys, we've talked about Brent's medical procedures. and <laughs> Brent, you crush your wife during sex and your heart sucks. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so we've talked all about that, or actually I have. Landed one there. But um, so we're, as we talked earlier, we're in a time of great volatility when it comes to um, – Grain markets, cattle markets, energy markets. Uh, we were talking off off air how um, up in Vega, which is just 30 miles, 20 miles west of Amarillo, um, first time I've seen five over five dollar diesel in our uh, in our area. It was actually like five fifteen. This was at a pilot. And Did you buy some just to say you bought some? Fudge, no, man. <laughs> I uh, siphoned it out of the site. Oh, this is a whole another deal I got into, but. Talking about people using red diesel in their pickups, but um, so I just all you farmers are. <laughs> so okay, so I got into this deal. <laughs> it's on the um, so I'm a member of well, I don't know if you call it a member. I started following this farm shop ideas page on Facebook or whatever, just for you know. I thought it was kind of interesting. Anyway, somebody I guess they were at the sale barn or an auction or whatever, and. They got back to their pickup, and there was these two ladies dipping their dipping their tank, checking for red diesel. And they were like all flabbergasted, you know. They were just apoplectic about what was going on here, and um, they just they were so enraged they were doing this, you know. How dare they do this? And they they're already screwing us on diesel and this and that. I'm like, dude, yeah. Let, let, let's think about this. There's another guy said, yeah, they're just another way to screw the working class. Yeah, they're they're giving they're not making you pay fifty cents in tax and then have the audacity to make sure you're not using that on the highway. Yeah, oh the horror of it. This is almost like the middle of Ukraine right now. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, 
so what the whole thing of it is can landon you deal with them every day you were one yourself for years can farmers ever be happy never never no i agree d um what do you think what would be the closest thing that could get a farmer happy is it possible at all it's it's tough i mean my my favorite joke on that one calendar like the back 40 or whatever there guy and his wife are driving in a car and it's just it's just pouring rain it's just flooding and the and the farmer goes the worst drought i ever saw started just like this (laughs) (laughs) with a big rain yeah Yeah, i mean i mean that sums it up oh it is and i mean i've become i don't know i hadn't become pessimistic i've just become like jaded about the rain and everything it's just it's just gonna do it when it i mean it does there's no reason and then the whole getting pissed off at weather guys for getting it wrong they literally get the temperature of the entire earth within one degree every day of the year correct with almost less than a degree or two margin of error and if your neighbor gets a half inch and you get a quarter of an inch, this guy's an idiot. Or it doesn't rain that day, and they said it was going to. I mean, these guys are right 99.5% of the time. I mean, yeah, I wished it did rain. And people misunderstand all these probabilities. Like, well, hell, they said it was an 80% chance of rain, and it only rained. You know, wait a minute, what'd you say? Back up, what'd you say? It, keep going, only well, keep going. Rained? Yeah, it rained. They were right. They didn't <laughs> say it was going to rain. It wasn't. You weren't going to have to build an ark. They just said you had a chance of some rain. They need. If, I mean, I would be. Oh God, if I was a weather guy, I would talk so much shit on TV. <laughs> like, listen here, motherfucker. You know, I'm not saying. You try and come do this shit. Yeah, there's a 100% chance of me opening up a can of whoop Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I think I would get ratings. I really think I would. I think you would. I'd watch that. <sighs> but couldn't farmers ever be happy? The, re- the main reason I brought this up, because obviously farmers bitch about when corn, wheat, soybean prices are low. When corn was $2.50, $3, beans are what seven or eight dollars and wheat's you know five dollars with a dollar negative dollar basis now that's i mean yeah that's something to be upset about there's nothing you can do about it but literally i shit you not last week people kept talking about now this one instance i don't know or this one comment may be true it may not be true somebody said more farmers have gone broke during high prices of their commodities than the other way around and the reason being is because they overexpand, over you know leverage themselves with these high prices. Think I don't know if they think they're going to last or what. Um, do you do you believe that land and more more farmers go broke in high prices or low prices? I don't think more go broke in high prices unless they don't do anything. Right. I mean, if they like greatly overexpand or try to you know over leverage themselves because all of a sudden they have a great. You know, the joke here is, is usually we have great a good price and crappy crop or vice versa. You know, you'll you can sell a 280 bushel corn crop for 3 bucks, but 
you'll probably sell a dollar fifty, a hundred and fifty bushel corn crop for maybe seven or six or seven, and that's always the running joke around here. But um, yeah, a lot of the time when the when the price is high is because there's there's not much grain around. Yeah, I mean there's a reason for it. now. The Texas Panhandle, we don't dr obviously drive the corn market. We drive—I <laughs> don't know what we drive. We drive the cattle market, I guess, but and some of the cotton market. But the corn market is pretty much out of our control. It's all handled by the Midwest guys. But um, and the corn is not going to last just a whole lot longer here. But until the till that day comes, we're going to try to ride that some bitch into the ground. But yeah, farmer psychology. And so now, and now they're talking about busting out CRP acres. CRP acres. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but what type of soil profiles and land types are put into CRP? Land with like 200 feet of topsoil or a half inch of caliche. I mean, you're going to start breaking. Nobody's breaking out no CRP to grow more corn so they can, because uh, anyway, so they were saying, you know, we're going to, you know, this damn high, high corn price, it ain't necessarily a good thing. But like, what, if that's not, what is? You know. It's just, I mean, a farmer could have one hanging below his knees, which probably, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's probably an encumbrance at this point. I mean, you know, you're only going to be able to do it. I didn't see where it started, but I saw where it ended. <laughs> but um, you can't be helped if you can't enjoy $7 corn. There's just no way around it. You know, we've had a dollar, well, cattle's kind of a bad example because $1.35 fat cattle, I mean, I guess guys were making some pretty good money. I don't know if they were getting bloody rich, but I know the Packers were. But um, it's just, it, it, it's understand, I, I'll never be able to see a time when the farm, like the entire farming community will be happy. Landon, are you still there? Did you walk away? What in the hell are you doing? Dude, y'all so y'all Landon really needs to make his bed. That son of a bitch is in disarray like you can't even imagine. What? And why are there you? and why are there cuffs on the side of your bed? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Are 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 you ready to continue here? I'm back. I, I gotta, gave you the hand signal. I gotta get it huh? I gave you the hand signal. I had I didn't have your screen up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've been screaming at the uh, my other screen for the last five minutes, but um, I didn't say anything when I was picking my nose earlier. I'm used to it; it's nothing new. Uh, but anyway, so farmers, I mean, maybe they should they should have added like we had a, we had stats, advanced stats, price theory, all that stuff in Agico. There seriously needs to be a farmer psychology class, like maybe even a minor in farmer psychology. But that's just my opinion. Maybe not at Texas Tech. Maybe it needs to be an A and M thing. But um, so on, on CPR is like when people break that out. Are, are there a lot of eight hundred gallon sprinklers put up on that land? I don't know about CPR, but maybe in CRP that's what you're talking about. CRP, yeah. my bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> typically not. Now, unless you're moving. Well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> people have broken out grass or CRP in our area and put up pivots where there wasn't water 50 years ago, <laughs> but now there is. Um, but it's, um, yeah, the bottom line of that is it is substandard, non-producing soil that people have put into CRP for a reason, and that's not just yeah. to, quote, help out the greater good of keeping prices higher. 
Yeah, there's usually a reason people put it in CRP. Because what's land going for in the Midwest now? You know, fifteen, seventeen thousand bucks an acre. Well, even here, what's it going for? So, um, yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. But I don't know. We might we might have to do a, an invest, a special investigative episode on farmer psychology and what the f- is wrong with everybody because they could never be happy. Maybe it's the long hours on the tractor or the I don't know drive to town sure to park at lunchtime. Sure, I hate to go to a fast food restaurant with them. You know, it, it doesn't, and it's funny because it doesn't matter what year we're in and what the market, what kind of environment the market is, whether it's strong or weak. You go to a farm sale, and there ain't too many pickups that were made before the last, what, five years? <laughs> I mean, there's pretty new, there's a pretty new fleet of pickups at the farm sale. Um, yeah. That's just, you know, what I've noticed. But anyway... And you go getting back to that guy bitching about them trying to check for red diesel. I'm like, nobody else gets tax-free diesel. You're not supposed to get tax-free diesel. Anyway. Yeah, unless you got a freaking disc hooked up to that thing and you're plowing at least three acres a day, then shut the hell up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you got that son of a bitch in four low. But now, if, th- I see, if I see somebody out in the middle of the field with a Dodge pulling a sweep rig, then I'll, you know. Then I stand correct. whatever you want in there. Yeah. My my favorite, and I've said this before, but my favorite is the uh, farmer's old lady has a farm tags on her Tahoe. <laughs> That's what I love on her Tahoe. I mean, I don't know how many SUVs I've seen with farm tags on them, but I'm pretty sure they're not checking wells, checking pivots, herding calves with that Denali Tahoe or whatever the version is, or your Platinum Expedition. Don't do that. <laughs> If you can see a quarter inch of that dash, then they don't, <laughs> yeah. they if don't you, need tags. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't write a phone number in the dash of your pickup in the dust of it, then it ain't a farm pickup. If there's not an unpaid bill from 1997. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> if there's not a $7,000 check, a dividend check from the Hereford Grain Co-op from, what, two years ago, un- undeposited. But now, there you go. Oh, uh, yeah. If there's not eight, if there's not six oil uh, oil change reminder stickers in the top left hand corner of your windshield, then it's not a farm pickup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're not if you're not fifty-eight thousand miles over, over two, <laughs> if if all you can if all if you can see more than just yeah. your seat and the floorboard where your feet go, if you can see yeah. more than that in your pickup, it's not a farm pickup. It has to have the back seat completely covered up in jackets, caps, and coat cups. And then in the front seat, it's got to have all takeout styrofoam to go boxes. Yeah, if there's not at least seven change of clothes and, <laughs> and a couple of random golf clubs sitting in there somewhere. Yeah. Then, yeah. And, and some really stale, stale irrigation boots that I had a hole in them, so they let water in it. So now they're all nasty, and it makes your socks brown every time you put them on. It's There's not a trash can in that car. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Well, Landon, tell everybody we we got we got Texas Tech versus Iowa State. Iowa State coming up here in about five minutes. So, Landon, tell everybody real quick where they can find you on social media. No Twit Landon forty four. That's right. You can find Brent at Trader Brent on Twitter. That's of course. Not only the only place you can find us across the Global Ag Network. We're global. We're on a network, and we're ag. 
we were this is like the uh, most ag show we've done i believe and also and the most heart-minded show we've done so i'm pretty impressed and the with most that. informative and actually somewhat you know productive and constructive so yeah but uh and also don't forget our good friend over there on the moving iron podcast casey seymour he we're gonna we've got to get him on maybe i can get well it won't be next week we're gonna be out of pocket but uh, maybe i can do a remote with him uh he's got some contacts over in ukraine he's been to you to is it the the ukraine or is it just ukraine <laughs> because if they started saying the texas I, I could get into that i really could but anyway hopefully we can get some insight from casey and see what he's heard from his friends over there uh he's got some, i guess some john deere customers over there but uh, maybe dude can you imagine if you were a john deere dealer and you had a buddy in ukraine who had a picture of himself towing a russian tank with a john deere tractor that would be the baddest of assest oh, promo man. shots i've ever heard of i can't believe there's not a commercial about out nothing runs a russian deer <laughs> nothing runs a russian tank like a deer there's something i mean there's got to be some kind of ad wizard on that deal but um, anyway, so go check him out and uh, check all our other great friends over on the Ag Global Ag Network. They've got some great informative podcasts. And um, so, yeah, until next time, y'all. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay cool. And we'll ask you. What's out of the house? Are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. There's podcasts, and then there's this, the Dryline Farmer Podcast.